So that's uh, my last talk, which I give on my own here at, at this uh, location. That's quite uh, something for me. It's just one more talk next Friday. That's the way suck and, and the closing um, evening for us here. So four and a half years in this house. There has a lot of development has happened. If I remember you know, when we came here um, at the end of 2009, it was pretty um, excruciating and you know, knowing that one had to give a talk in the evening. Nowadays <laughs> it's much it's much easier because we have gotten a lot of uh, opportunities you know, to train ourselves by giving talks in many places in front of lots of people and have survived it and even you know, learned from it. One learns a lot, you know, when one has to start teaching, one learns a lot um, by being, you know, put on the spot in this way. To learn a lot about yourself and also, you know, you are forced to study, otherwise you don't have anything to share. So <laughs> it's, it's quite a, 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 you know, a good um, incentive. And if one doesn't, you know, shy away from it, then it has good fruits. And... Um, the only thing what I still find not so easy is to decide on what to speak about. This is always a little bit of a of a struggle, and um, this time I have uh, you know decided to speak about what's called the five indrias or the, or the five spiritual faculties, and um, the word indria comes from from the word indra that was is a god in the Buddhist cosmology and the power he was wielding, you know, over his his uh, heaven. It's what is the relationship to Indra because it's, a, you know, a power to control, you know, our our minds or a power, you know, to have a, to have a choice about what we want to follow, what's happening in our mind and what we don't want to follow. And you know, we could say, you know, the whole um, Dhamma, the whole body of teaching of the Buddha is all about, you know, strengthening those those five powers because they are latent in the mind and, you know, we can practice and to make them stronger or we can, you know, also, you know, neglect practice and then they, they get weaker. And the five powers are first one is faith or sada. The second one is energy or right effort or virya. The third one is, is mindfulness or sati. The fourth one is collectedness of mind or samadhi. And, and the fifth one is wisdom or panya. And they are often also compared with two wings of a bird. On the one side, there is um, uh, faith and concentration. And on the other side, there is effort or energy and, and wisdom. And in the middle is uh, mindfulness, which balances them out. And you know we need all four, of, uh, all five of them really, in order to, you know, arrive at the 
at the goal of the practice, which is yeah, letting go or really having deep insight into the way things really are, which results in, in letting go. Or another, or in the deathless, as it is also expressed in the teaching, or you know, realizing emptiness, there are many different ways how enlightenment can be described. And you know, the whole body of the teaching of the Buddha is all about supporting our minds to get out of abstraction and come into a real relationship with what's happening. Because through that, you know, coming into relationship, what is happening, we, you know, we gain real insight, and, and if we gain insight, then letting go is the is the result of it. And at the beginning of the practice, you know, if we don't have a certain amount of faith, you know, we would never start the practice. So I think all of you who come here today, we all have a, a certain amount of faith. Otherwise, you wouldn't want to spend a Friday evening in this way. You would have, you know, have many more other things going. You would not come to such boring places I look at So, you know, that faith, we often, you know, we are not aware of the faith we have until something triggers it for the first time. You know, for example, meeting somebody who arouses, you know, who kind of reflects that back to you. Or maybe reading something or seeing a photo of somebody or, you know, having a certain experience in nature well, so many kind of unique experience can kick it off for us for the first time. And I think everybody of you has probably a story to tell, you know, what got you onto the path. Besides, you know, having this feeling of, of suffering and unsatisfactoriness and then, you know, meeting somebody or something which gives us a certain idea that there's, there's a path actually there. And where we start to understand, you know, that in order to find what we are looking for, we have to look here. We can't, you know, find it outside of ourselves. So that's, you know, how it begins. And then, you know, if we have enough, uh, you know, enough merit, actually, you know, to be able to really recognize that calling then, you know, we start walking the path and, and then through that, that recognition that there is something there, you know, which is uh, of value, you know, the energy automatically, you know, rises up. We don't have to, you know, kind of artificially, you know, make that energy come through. And that's what's called like the honeymoon phase in the practice. I'm sure you can all remember I very much remember, you know, how it was in the very beginning when I was very inspired and, uh, you know, was very eager to practice and uh, thought, you know, I've just do it two, three years and then it's all settled. And, <laughs> and then I can, you know, bring that back and, and do, you know, what I was, uh, what I felt, you know, was, was a good thing to do. Because I remember my first you know, motivation to practice was also because I really, you know, I, I was traveling in Asia and I saw a lot of poverty there and, and in Thailand especially I saw, you know, how, how people were selling out their own country, you know, for tourism and, and it made me very sad. And I just thought, oh, I would so much want to communicate, you know, to them, 
you know, not to make the same, you know, mistakes which we have been doing in the West. But then I realized, you know, that I didn't have, I didn't have the wisdom really to do that in a way which was effective. Because I did, you know, I did end up on an on an island in the south of Thailand, and I lived there with with a Fisher family, and you know, but I wasn't able to really, in any way, um, you know, realize what, what I thought, what I wanted to to do. So then I felt I really need to kind of learn more about myself first in order to be able to do that and then I, I felt that I felt that kind of um, a seeking was starting inside myself and you know, of wanting to find somebody who could could help me to to um, you know to have more stability and to be better able to communicate and not be so um, under the sway of my emotions and then that wish got very strong and and then it didn't take too long you know that i met my first teacher and i immediately recognized that quality in him you know and that's what that inspiration you know of on the one hand you know the compassion i felt and the sense of urgency i felt by witnessing what was going on on this island how this island was kind of sold out for tourism in, in a most awful way really and then seeing seeing my first teacher and how you know his strength of of presence and his equanimity he had i just thought that's you know that's there's a way there i'd like to learn this and then the faith and and the energy you know very um, naturally arose i didn't have to to do anything i just let had to allow it you know to to be there and, and, and guide me, you know. And then I, I just, um, you know, started to, to take in the teachings and, and what was the essence of the teaching was, it was all about mindfulness. You know, being, uh, being really fully with, with my experience, that that would be the way, you know, how I could, could become a bit more similar to how he was, my teacher. And, and that was a long time ago, you know, and I'm still far away from that, but I'm, I'm still on the path and still trying to, uh, you know, put that teaching into practice. And, uh, you know, in one way how, how that, um, you know, right effort had, can be described is, is, you know, cultivating skillful qualities and, and abandoning unskillful qualities is pretty simple. And, you know, skillful qualities is all that, you know, which supports our practice and to be more able to be with our own experience and abandoning things which take us away, you know, from our own experience, especially, you know, you know, restraint around what we call like the five precepts, which you have just been taking before. You know, that's a very good foundation for, for practice without, you know, without those five precepts the practice can't really go very far. So, so you know, faith, which gives us you know, a bigger context for our experience and, you know, gives us a sense of, of purpose and gives us a sense of direction. 
and also you know, that that inkling, you know, that everything which happens in our life, we can use it for the practice. There's nothing, you know, which doesn't belong to the practice, and everything can be used as a vehicle for practice. And when we have that, yeah, that conviction, when we when we know that this is. You know, that this, whatever happens to us, the, the positive and the negative experiences, they all, you know, have, have a purpose in our life. And they all, you know, have, have something to teach. And, you know, that really is, is a great, I feel, a great relief, you know, is, is coming. Because there's more, um, you know, there's more kind of... Uh, <coughs> confidence that we can make make use with whatever is happening to us, even the most you know awful stuff which can happen. It's it's not about what's happening to us but how we relate to it. That's much more important. And and right effort is very important in, in that context because it keeps us, you know, on course. And it keeps us uh, you know, opening to what we are meeting in our lives and and helping us, you know, not to uh, escape, you know, and, and again and again I turn towards what's happening and opening to it. And then that's, you know, that right effort and this opening to experience is, you know, when we are kind of bringing mindfulness to whatever is happening in our lives and and through this bringing of mindfulness to our experience we start to see you know into the depths of experience and we start to see how it works and I still remember also one of the first times you know when I was really consciously experiencing that all feelings are impermanent you know on one of my first retreats in, in Thailand and you know I was just so blown away I mean it was already 29 years old or something like that. And I had never consciously really experienced it. And, you know, and that was the honeymoon phase of the practice. I just thought, oh, no, now, you know, everything will be very easy. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, you know, it's, it has become a little bit easier, but it's still sometimes very difficult to not turn away from unpleasant experiences and you know do not blame circumstances or blame other people because as soon as we are you know going into blaming that's like turning away from growth turning away from um, you know making you know making a bigger container for for our experience and the dhamma is all about you know helping us to 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 grow and helping us to see everything in a bigger context. And, you know, mindfulness is, is not something we need to, we, we don't need to kind of make mindfulness happen. It's a right effort, you know, is helping us to open to experience. And when we open to experience, then we are connecting with, with mindfulness, which is already here. We don't have to make it happen. We just have to remember. And you know, like enter into the mindfulness rather than, you know, kind of conjuring it up. It's already here, we just need to remember it and not resist the experience. Then we are fully with it and that's what mindfulness is all about. 
So it's it's a remembering of of just opening to the experience and and being with the experience. And you know, if we are able to do that, and we can con you know do that on a continuous basis, then um, you know it turns into collectedness of mind or or samadhi or concentration. And it's just you know to be with the experience and uh, you know and stay with it but not like in a, in a tense way but it, it's about relaxing with our experience and therefore you know for example the pre keeping the precepts is, is really important uh, simplicity of life is important for that if you don't keep the precepts there's too much you know kind of remorse going on in the mind and it's not, we are not able to relax with our experience also, the concentration is, is nothing about, you know, a willful act. It's also more like, you know, just opening the what is already there. And, and supporting it with, with simplicity, with the precepts, and also with, you know, with a regular sitting practice. You know, even if it's only very short, but to, to really sit every day, at least like for... 20 minutes and that can really like, empower our, our capacity for for you know having a continuous more continuous mindfulness and then we are able to be able to do it in that way then you know wisdom will be the autom will be the, the result of this practice. It's also not something you know we have to strain in any way. If we if we can stay you know with our experience, wisdom will just be the result of that, because then we have a real you know, insight into the uh, true characteristics of of our experience. We see impermanence, we see non-satisfactoriness, and we see we see you know the not-selfness of of all of our experience. So it's like. It's like a wheel, you know, and the, the Buddha's teaching, the Dhamma is, you know, setting in motion the wheel of Dhamma. It's exactly that wheel and the wheel of the five, five Indriya, the wheel of the five faculties, which, you know, over time, it strengthens the mind. And then if, if there's more wisdom, there's again more capacity for, for faith. If there is, you know, stronger faith, there is more, you know, more energy will, will be born out of that faith. A stronger mindfulness and a stronger concentration and deeper wisdom and that's like a self-perpetuating wheel and there's laws of nature which are really kind of taking place it's not something we have to do but we just have to uh, you know make ourselves available for that process to to take off And, and I brought one quote with me today, which is quite simple. And the Buddha says, you know, better to live for one day seeing the arising and ceasing of phenomena than 100 years without it. So, you know, just one day. You know, the seeing the arising and ceasing of phenomena. So that's, you know, that's really the 
you know the the gateway into into insight is is you know having enough strength of those five uh, spiritual faculties to see see the arising and ceasing because when we can see that you know for the first time you know there is there's this uh, is a real is like the biggest shift you know which we can actually undergo in our spiritual development you know when we know for the first time you know that the the path to happiness is not on the outside it's on the inside really once we have really seen that because you know that makes it very clear to us that nothing whatsoever you know we can rely on which is on the outside but if we you know remove the impurities which are on the inside then you know happiness will be the result of it and and that faith you know which which can be kindled through that first insight you know it's it's in the teaching it's compared with like with a uh, with a magical gem you know which we which you can throw into like a muddy water and then all of the mud will settle because you know if there's enough faith then you know even the mind can be very agitated but if we have had insight before and have a certain amount of faith then even the mind is very agitated we can you know we can remember and keep that in a, in a bigger context and then that gives us the strength you know to to just you know open up to the unpleasantness of the agitation and just stay with it long enough so that it settles if we don't have that that faith you know we we just go into distraction because we can't bear the agitation. We need a, a drink, we need a drug, we need a something, you know. Something to just not feel that that agitation which is can be so unpleasant. But once we have seen this arising and ceasing clear enough, you know, then there's no more doubt in the mind that this is just a temporary occurrence and it can change. And we know what to do. And you know, and a regular sitting practice is, is just like so important to you know to support our mind so it, it can you know be refined enough and strong enough so that we can have that insight which is which changes you know our whole outlook so completely. it's like you know a, a wheel of dhamma which we can which we can set in motion you know by by having a, a, a daily practice and you know reflecting on those five faculties can be really helpful you know to see you know which of them is are more you know is more developed in our practice and and which maybe we have to put a little bit more um, attention towards it's it's like a one of the least you know in, in the early Buddhist um, suttas which the Buddha has given us to reflect upon I think it's, it's quite simple and and you know one doesn't need to have a high IQ or so to 
to benefit from just uh, using that as a as a support for practice. And you know, I wonder, do you have any suggestions or any any uh, questions about this? Then we could take around what twenty minutes or twenty five minutes for it. Yeah. Two wings are faith and energies. One wing, and then one is is faith and concentration. Oh, faith and concentration. And the other one is energy and wisdom. And mindfulness. It's in the middle, yeah. Because mindfulness balances them out, you know. One wing is more like calming. This is faith and and concentration, and the other one energy or effort and. Wisdom is more active, and uh, mindfulness is in the middle and is balancing them out. So, and then the bird flies into freedom. <laughs> yeah, into, into letting go, yeah. So it's a, I had a hard time understanding faith, and then it was explained to me there's blind faith, and then there's verifiable faith. You said that Ex initial... It comes from experience. That, right, okay. Yeah. And, are the impurities you mentioned within those are the same as obscurations, you know, greed, hate, delusion? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. well, now, would obscurations, would it be the same as what they call kleshas? Mm -hmm, yeah, kilesas in Pali and kleshas in Sanskrit. So, so first you have the kleshas and then underneath is, is that, isn't that what they call ignorance? Yeah, you could say you they would. They all, you know, stem. They are different manifestations uh, of ignorance. Yeah, different, you know, different uh, energies, you know, which are all kind of, you know, born out of ignorance. Like hatred, for example, is right. a different experience than desire in, in right. the body, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So when you talk about those five qualities, it's to try to balance and counteract those. Right? Mm -hmm. those no, it's more like those five, those five um, indrias. You know, they are more like not so. I wouldn't say to balance them, but to kind of to understand them for what mm -hmm. they are. You know, so. because there's five indrias about understanding our experience, and they, you know, they prepare the mind so that the mind is is able to you know, to be strong enough to stay with the experience and through the staying with, you know, wisdom is, is born out of that staying with. Mm -hmm. And then those those obscurations, you know, greed, hatred and delusion, through, through that really seeing how the mind works, they just get disempowered, you know, every insight, wow. you know, takes something away, yeah. And transforms it into into wisdom. It is not lost. You know that energy isn't lost, but it is transformed from a, you know, from from an unskillful influence into a into 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 wisdom. Yeah. But if you don't stay, if you don't have the strength of mind, you know, to stay with the experience, then the process can't happen. This is why we need those five indriya. They they are just like a a cauldron, you know, like a container, which which holds the the powerful experience, you know, which can just be sometimes like a real 
thunderstorm or like boiling water or whatever. And if, if it, there is no container, then the transformation can't happen. So it's all about you know building that container and the practice and the teachings of the Buddha. They're all about you know instructions to help us to build a real strong container. Because the the transformation happens. This is just laws of nature. They happen by themselves. We don't have to make it happen, but we have to be strong enough to hold it. You know, and that's. That's the the crucial part of the practice, you know, and also like about the the monastic form, you know, this is a special kind of a container, you know, mm. which is like it's a very powerful container. Sure. And the five precepts are a container, and there are many different, you know, containers, and you just choose one and check it out how, how it works, you know, and if it doesn't work, then take another one. Yeah. Thank you. Can you give an example like, of a intense experience maybe you had, and then so that process to the transformation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. For example, I just yesterday had a, I had quite a strong experience. <coughs> you know, just myself in in my room, and then. You know, I was like my mind was was kind of obsessing with something, you know, really kind of being attached to something, and then, you know, and when I feel that, and there was this sense of struggle, you know, mm-hmm. and and feeling kind of low and struggling and and trying to sort it out, and then at one point, and it just, you know, whatever, you know, result I was thinking up in my mind. I knew him, and it's not, you know, it, it's it's very unrealistic. I can't pin it down. It's it's, and then I just saw that one point. I just stopped, and I thought, what is this thinking all about? You know, what is the underlying feeling I don't want to be with? You know. And then once I did that, it very quickly unraveled, and it, mm-hmm. and it, the sense of, you know, of, this unpleasant feeling very quickly unraveled and then it was gone, you know. And then that that sense of, of obsessing about something and that sense of attachment, you know, of trying to sort something out, it just fell apart, you know. But as long as I didn't really turn to that feeling I, I wanted to escape from, you know, as long as I wasn't strong enough to open up to that feeling, nothing would shift, you know. Because, you know, as I said before, you know, the, the teaching of the Buddha is all about, you know, trying to get us out of abstractions about experience into the real experience, you know. And, you know, inst- and, and that what seems to be so difficult for us, you know, human beings is, you know, to really open up to how we feel. Especially if it's like, if there's some strong emotions going on, you know, like of fear or... Mostly fear, I would say, you know, some kind of some version of of of, of not wanting to be with with what is. We just sink ourselves into all kinds of <laughs> dramas, isn't it? And then try to sort it out and try to find like a resting place through the sinking mind, and that just doesn't work, you know. But you have to try it long enough to really have that 
conviction you know, this does not work you know the only thing what really works is to as soon as you have that sense of struggle that's like an alarm bell hey you know there is something going on i have to really turn here instead of trying to sort it out trying to you know make a plan or whatever just come back here and go to that what you don't want to be with and that's yesterday that's what i did you know and i, I won't tell you what, what it exactly was because it, <laughs> it's too embarrassing and, <laughs> but it was like it you know then it wasn't like a big deal or so you know because it's 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 not like kind of then I have to kill myself when I when I then find out what a coward I am or something, but it's more like do it with you know with humor and and with uh, with um, with kindness also you know, like how you would how you would relate to a child which is afraid you know you wouldn't kind of beat up the child and say Ugh, like that it wouldn't help and would be really would never cross your mind to do that. But with ourselves, you know, we, we have to relate to your mind like to a child. I think that's a safe recipe which works, you know. And then after, you know, I did that and, and then it just fell apart like, like that. And then there was peace there. And at the same time also, you know, really being with the experience that strengthens the faith also. Because next time when you're in it, you remember it again, you know. And sometimes, you know, I just need to, I have some favorite, you know, quotes or books or, you know, for example, I like the I Ching very much. I don't know if you know it, you know. Sometimes that can really help me to, to get in touch with what's really going on, you know. And, yeah. And then, you know, that which seems to be like an unsurmountable wall, you know, of brick or a wall of stone, then suddenly kind of is nothing, you know, gone. And if we have seen that, you know, often enough, that's like an insight into the arising and ceasing, you know, which is like the essential insight, you know, in, in, the, in, the, in the Dhamma, really. It's not a thing in process as much as um, memory is, and I think about it, it's mm -hmm. the experience is embodiment, the embodiment of yeah, more exactly. than here. Once you find this, you release it. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, you do it again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, theoretically, it, it really, you know, thinking about it doesn't really help at all. You know, this is also the difference, you know, between the Buddhist uh, <clears throat> academics or scholars who don't meditate, you know. They, they write books and it, it, you just can't get your head around it, what they are meaning, because they haven't been meditating, you know. They say all of the, the words, but it really doesn't kind of, doesn't make sense, you know. And, and you can really, you know, scholars which really practice also you you really see the difference you know how they write because you can't you can't with the thinking mm -hmm. mind you can't get really very far if you don't sit you know if you don't practice and if you don't turn towards your experience you'd never have much of a fruit you know it just doesn't work theoretically it has to be experienced individually by the wise you know this is one part of the chanting only then 
will there be a, a, a fruit, you know, a release? And only then, you know, will the experience translated into into wisdom, really. And then through that wisdom, you know, the, the capacity for faith increases, and it's just like a self-perpetuating spiral, really, you know. Can I um, ask for a clarification? Okay. Yes. So when you say um, be with the feeling, I, I think I know what you're saying, but I just want to make sure. Yes, please. So do you mean like, okay, your mind is, um, you know, spiraling and it's internal dialogue, and then you stop and mm -hmm. focus on the, the feeling where is it in your body, and is that what you mean? Yes, yeah. You know, and it's mostly here, isn't it, like in the trunk of the body. And just be with it, you know. There's nothing else you have to do, but just completely be with it and come out, come down from the head, you know, into the body. Yeah, as soon as you lose the, it goes away. Yeah, yeah, and then you know, just be with that, you know, it's often, it is like boiling in a cauldron, isn't it? Like all of that. <laughs> and just be with that. And then, you know, the mind escapes, escapes again up there, kind of thinking, thinking, thinking. As soon as you notice it, you just come back. And this is this back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then sometimes, you know, like yesterday for me, you know, and then suddenly I noticed, hey, I'm not anymore having, you know, I don't know when it exactly happened, you know. But then suddenly it was all gone, you know. It was like very peaceful in the body. There was no more thinking going on and suddenly that whole thing had collapsed you know mm -hmm. I, I I didn't really I wasn't really present when it collapsed but at one point I noticed it you know and then I had that was that was a very good uh, proof of the of the of that theory you know but if I wouldn't have experienced it I wouldn't have the faith that it works you know you have to really experience it by yourself otherwise it's it's like a nice, you know, nice sutta, you know, but it won't be of much value, you know, if you don't practice it. Yeah. So, would you say the more faith grows and the more wisdom grows, does that mean you're getting deeper and deeper into the stream of dharma yeah. when you're going through those four stages? Yes, or, you do, yeah, mm -hmm, yeah. The, you mean the, the stream entra and so on and so forth, those stages? Like stream entra, uh, one's returner, yes. those stages? Yeah, so. yeah. This is like, you know, a real, a deep, permanent insight into the way things really are, yeah. So the deeper your insight goes, the further, Yes. and the more you're able to... It's like the same experience will happen over and over, but every time it happens, the more you see deeper into it, then the more closer yes, you get. Yeah. And the more, you know, of those those uh, veils of ignorance are, are removed with, with those four progressive insights, you know, the more and more, they speak about the ten fetters, you know, and they are, with those insights, they are permanently, you know, let go of, yeah. And it's exactly what you need. You need those five faculties, you know, those five indriya. They they allow that to happen, that, that strength of insight, yeah. So they are, you know, just like a very important toolkit for us, you know, to to pay attention to. And also it helps, you know, to kind of... Uh, 
you know, open up how, how it works, you know. And this is where the Buddha has given us many different lists, and that's just one of them. It's very simple, you know, very handy. We don't need to necessarily, you know, have complexity isn't necessarily better, you know. And simplicity is is very good because, you know, when, when the going gets really tough, then a simple toolkit is much more realistic, you know, that it will be able to to remember it, you know. Indriya translates again to faculties or powers. They're they're called like, they're translated as the faculties. And then, you know, if they are maximally developed, then they are actually called the five powers. Then the five Indriyas become the five parlors. Yeah. The primal ignorance. You know, not I, un- I, I, I have an idea of what ignorance means. Ignorance is, you know, like not understanding the Four Noble Truths, you know, not knowing that suffering is born out of attachment. That's the, you know, that's one way how we can express what ignorance is all about. Or, for example, not knowing the, not knowing the three characteristics of life, that you know, everything is impermanent. Therefore, it can't be relied upon, and it can't be owned, you know. When that is not understood, that's a way, you know, how that's ignorance. Mm-hmm. Or greed, hatred and delusion are three different disguises, you know, of ignorance as well. Three different energetic experiences of ignorance. <coughs> You know, those five faculties, they, you know, they are those, the qualities which allow us, you know, to be able to stay awake when those, you know, when those different um, representations of ignorance, when they are present in the mind, if we have, if we have those five faculties cultivated, then we can stay, we can stay awake, you know, we don't get identified and carried away. But we can stay present, and through that staying present, they they get transformed. So it's maybe enough for tonight. So thank you for you know your contributions. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit Dharma Seed dot org slash donate.